Hello, Syngap Land. My name is Michael Gralia, and this is episode 92 of Syngap 10, your 10-minute weekly briefing on everything you need to know about Syngap 1. Today is Wednesday, February 8th, and I, today I'm coming to you from a hotel room where I'm at a meeting representing Syngap 1 and telling a potential very important partner about us and explaining why they should work with us, which is why I'm in uniform. But I don't even have time to tell you about that meeting, and I'm, that might be a future episode. What I want to tell you about today, and I'm framing it up as like 10 reasons Syngap Land is hopeful and exciting today because there's a lot of exciting news. First of all, last week, Regal announced their CNS pipeline and Syngap 1 was in it. The pipeline was SCN1A, which is Dravai, SCN2A, which is not surprising, and Syngap 1, which is awesome. Regal is a company um, that basically takes two technologies, CRISPR-A and some regulatory elements, and puts them together. There's two genius postdocs, one from um, Ahitav's lab. Ahitav did a webinar for us. You should watch it. And, and that postdoc is Navneet. And then there's another postdoc out of the bro, Jordan. And those are sort of the two co-founders, along with Dr. Davinsky is behind this. It's just an amazing company. And basically, it's the fourth company involved in Syngap, the way I count publicly, um, because we had Stoke, we had Praxis, we have um, Dr. Ben Prosser doing a lot of work and has, and has said publicly he's working with Ionis, so I sort of count them. And now we have Regal. Four companies with with, with Syngap1 technology th trying to figure out how to um, validate preclinical models and get us to clinical trials. That is incredibly exciting, and I want to publicly thank Regal for choosing Syngap, and we look forward to working with you. Super exciting. That's I could should have just done a whole episode, but I want to talk to Regal and get the story a little bit before I regurgitate facts on, on this podcast. Then yesterday, University of Pennsylvania announced a 25, 25, not 2.5, $25 million grant to the END program. That's Epilepsy and Neurodevelopmental Disorders. Very, very, very cool little name there. And they want to end these neurodevelopmental disorders. So the announcement went out yesterday. We put it on Twitter. I'll put a link in the show notes. And you got to understand What's happening at Penn is really special, right? You have Dr. Ben Prosser, who's done a webinar for us. You should watch it. His daughter has SDXBP1. He's been supported by um, a Syngap family as well. So he's working on Syngap and SDXBP1. You have Dr. Liz Heller, who's an epigeneticist, who um, has a niece with Syngap1. That's, that's public. And so she's working closely with Ben. And then you have Dr. Bev Davidson, who's, a, who's, a, who's, a, who's a, one, of the, one of the big players in the gene therapy space, working with both of them. And then you have, and that's on the science side. And then on the clinical side, you have Dr. Ingo Helbig, and then you have Katie Helbig. Yes, they're related, um, who's an amazing genetics counselor. And then you have just a whole army of people working with them at Penn. So at Penn, you have a real dream team. And, and they were already killing it in terms of working with the resources they had. And now some very generous benefactor has, has given them $25 million to that program, to the end program, to move faster. And Ben has said publicly, we're going to start with Cure Syngap 1 and Cure STXBP1, which were our Twitter handles, and then we're going to go onward. So huge congratulations to the team and huge thanks to the donor, whoever you are, because that is a well that is a brilliant act of generosity that you couldn't have bet on a stronger team and we are so happy now this might not seem quite as important but to me it is very important ingo who is a, a leading pediatric neurologist and loves data put out a little slide a little while ago with his little chart of, of, of genes and when they happened and he finally just updated that and included syngap1 i don't know if i've said this before but um if i haven't 
good if I have whatever it's worth looking at that incredible chart and seeing where Syngap is and seeing how early on in the progression we are and I'm just so excited that Ingo is, is paying attention to Syngap and this grant is really going to catalyze the resources of Penn to be working on Syngap 1 and um, now you might ask hey Mike well are we done should we just close up shop I mean Penn's going to cure Syngap right not so much not so much unfortunately because yes they already have technologies if you listen to Ben's um, webinar and they are going to move really fast and, and the tight partnership between science and clinical between Prosser and Helbig and, and with Heller and Davidson and everyone else in there is exceptional and will allow them to move fast, but move where, right? The, where, where they're gonna move is a, is a, a, a preclinical model that they test in, in various animals, and then they say, okay, let's put this in humans. And that's where things get tricky, clinical trial design. We can have technologies, we, ha we can cure Syngap in animals, and we can still fail at clinical trials. Which brings me to piece of news number four, Praxis. Yesterday, Praxis had an earnings call. You should pay attention when companies that are working on your genes have earnings call. There's a lot of fun facts in there. I don't have time to regurgitate them all. The links in the show notes, you should read it. But what you should know is that Praxis has a um, drug for essential tremor that we'll announce in a quarter. And if those announcements are, if they do well in that in that phase two trial, there will be a lot of interest and there will be you know a lot of positivity and and stock prices will go up and investors will give money and they will have money. If that earn, if that drug doesn't do well, it's going to be a little bit rough. They also have three other drugs that are um, two for SCN2A, one in small molecule, one in ASO, and one generally I think for focal seizures um, that are all being talked about in that press release and two fun facts there one i didn't just say syngap one and two that's their focus this year but we know syngap one is on their pipeline so what does that mean for us well it means that if they have a good year they're probably working on it in background and if they have a good year they're going to get to it next year but there's a lot of ifs there. There's a lot of clinical trials that are gonna happen. And they say in that press release, they have about $100 million, which is about enough to get them to the beginning of the next year. So I wish Praxis every success. There's a lot of incredible people there, and there's every reason to believe they're gonna win. And life happens, and you can fail clinical trials. So back to, the, back to what's going on at Penn. Every company that is preclinical is a shot on goal for us. And that goal is a clinical trial. And whether or not we get through, and you, you can screw up a clinical trial so many different ways, it's not funny. And not just you can screw them up, the FDA can screw them up, doctor, this, every, anyone can screw up a clinical trial. And so what we need to be focused on is how do we de-risk clinical trials as much as possible so that Regal or Praxis or Stoke or Penn or Ionis or whomever, once they have a technology that works on improving the Syngap expression, gets through clinical trials. Do we know what to measure? Nah, not so much. Do we really understand the phenotype well enough? In kids, yeah, not in adults. Do we actually understand seizure progression? Kind of, not so much. So there is a lot of work to do. And let me tell you, having an organized, activated group of patients is critical is critical if companies don't we are necessary but not sufficient right which means if a company sees the patient community is just a hot fragmented mess and nobody's nobody knows what's going on they'll be like next gene but if they see patients who are showing up every day who are signing up for citizen who are filling up the data banks who are raising their hand who are organized who are wearing the same t-shirts and who are like work with us they're like oh yeah we want to work on Syngap, right 
So we are not done. We should be inspired. We should believe there is a way forward and we should keep working to collaborate with incredible people like Dr. Helbig, Dr. Prosser and all the people to get these drugs to clinical trials and then get them through clinical trials. That needs to be our mindset. That needs to be our mindset. We need to keep collaborating, keep working, and keep leading. Speaking of leading, we were one of the first rare disease groups to do our very own podcast. And a lot of people told me I was crazy 92 episodes ago, but here we are. But guess what? Ashley Fry, we, now, we are now probably the first rare disease group to have two podcasts. I did not stutter. Ashley Fry has, doing, has started doing Syngap stories. So this is just me blathering at a microphone for 10 minutes trying to get you guys as much information as I can, if I can hold it, all the thoughts together. But Ashley is going to start doing interviews with families, with researchers, with partners. And I'm so grateful to Ashley for doing that. This is Ashley Fry, not Ashley Evans. Ashley Evans is my wife. Ashley Fry is Nathan's mom, Syngap mom, Mississippi. Um, so Ashley Fry is going to start doing Syngap stories. And the first episode is up. It's just her talking about Nathan. And then there'll be more episodes. And I'm so excited about Syngap stories. I'm pretty confident it's going to be way more popular than this podcast, which is fine. Um, the more people learn about Syngap, the more people can easily just press a button on their phone and hear our stories, the more likely they are to work with us. So thank you, Ashley, for launching Syngap Stories. Go listen to that. Link's in the show notes. Um, speaking of everything I just said we still need to work on, that's why we give grants, right? That's why we encourage researchers to come and, and um, solve problems that we have with Syngap. So grants are due on March 1st and September 1st. March 1st is coming soon. We have a blog up about it. We've been reminding people. I'm mentioning it here, links in the show notes. We give money to scientists to make sure they are working on Syngap to fund their work, to allow them to hire postdocs, to get us closer to clinical trials and then get us through clinical trials, right? So your fundraising really, really matters. Um, and this is a great month to fundraise, by the way, because it's Rare Disease Month, and the last day of the month is Rare Disease Day. Why is the last day of February Rare Disease Day? Because it's the rarest day of the year. How cool is that? I read a blog about that. If you want to check it out, links in the show notes, number seven. Number eight, for us to give grants to scientists, we need families to raise money. Some families can raise a lot of money. Some families can raise $1,000, but guess what? And some families can only raise $500. It doesn't matter. When you take 500 plus 1,000, plus a little bit over here, plus a little bit over there, and you mash it all together, you're able to give six-figure grants out. And if every family does what they can, we can make things happen. So there's three links in the show notes about ways you can and should raise money here at the beginning of the year. First of all, in February, we have a rare disease fundraiser. Simple link. Push it out. Share it with your friends. Every donation is matched up to the first $20,000. Please just use that link, encourage people to donate, tell them it's for a disease day. If you wanted to set up a team and you like little runs, we're doing Sprint for Syngap in April. We are now on our third, I think, Sprint for Syngap. I hope I got that right. It might be the fourth. I'm losing track. But we've had teams all over the country, North Carolina, Boston, California, everywhere. People are going on runs, set up a Sprint for Syngap team. Um, we actually have a prize that we're going to give to one of the teams who clears a certain hurdle. Um, there's a Riften Adaptive bike in play, and we're, we're, there's other smaller prizes and swag for people who do Sprint for Syngap. So um, if you want to just send out a link, Rare Disease Day link, that's 8A in the show notes. If you want to set up a team, set up a team, Sprint for Syngap, that's 8B in the show notes. And <clears throat> if you're like, no, I'm a cyclist, I want to do something big, guess what? Win partnership with the Orphan Disease Center at University of Pennsylvania, seat number two. We are we have a team in the million dollar bike ride, which is again a way to raise funds and the first thirty thousand there, I believe, is matched. So 
there's three ways that you as a family can do something as simple as sending a link to your friends, doing a little run, or doing a full-on bike ride. Whatever it is, do something and work with the Syngap Research Fund so that we can give more grants and get better prepared for clinical trials. Because it's all about trials. All these amazing therapies have to get through trials to get into our kids. That's the way the game is played. Um, speaking of clinical trials, we are getting ready for those trials. We've set up a clinical trials page on our website. There are actually two trials on there right now I want to flag for you. One of them is from a Takeda drug for LGS. So if you have an LGS patient who has drop seizures, um, go and check out that, that drug. It's, uh, I talked to the medical director there. It sounds pretty cool. And then there's also a, a trial enrolling from Longboard Pharmaceuticals. It's a 5-HTC inhibitor, I believe which is um, pretty cool for seizures. So again, if you have convulsive seizures, like visible seizures, um, you can enroll for that. There's, I don't believe there's an age limit. So please go to our clinical trials page, check those out, consider um, the long board or the Takeda trial. And then just to wrap up, since I'm already way over time, I wanna mention three other things that are cool and worth your attention. First of all, um, congratulations to the Rett Syndrome Research Trust, which recently announced that they um, have a gene therapy that was just approved. I just, it's real guys, it's happening. People are getting approvals. People are getting through clinical trials. But remember, Rett syndrome has been around for decades. The amount of data, natural history study, clinical endpoints that are in place is, in, is much greater than Syngap. Um, because Rett syndrome research trust is so much better than us? No, because they've been around, they've had like a, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, like a half a century head start, right? You got to understand, these syndromes that have names, Dre, Dravet and Rett, right? What happened there is a Dr. Dravet or Dr. Rett saw patients with a certain phenotype, a certain presentation, described those patients, and then later someone was like, oh, Rett is caused by MECP2. Dravet is caused by SCN1A. Oh, interesting. Boom, boom, boom. We were the opposite. 1998, Dr. Huguenier. There's this gene, it's called Syngap-1, looks important. 2009, Dr. Michaud, Montreal. Hey, I just found some patients. They're all the same-ish. And they all have a Syngap mutation. Hmm, looks like Syngap causes this disease. We've only had patients since 2009. That was 14 years ago. So of course we're playing catch up. And the way we play catch up is we raise more money, we find more scientists and we move faster because we're literally at the point where the science is over the clinical knowledge. I am less worried about having drugs that will work than I am about having enough clinical information to get through clinical trials, which is why, by the way, everybody should sign up for Citizen. If you haven't signed up for Citizen, you could be holding things up. No good reason not to sign up for Citizen. Congratulations to the Rett Syndrome Research Trust. That's amazing news. Rare Revolution Magazine um, just recently wrote something about siblings that's in the UK. Check it out if you've got a Syngap sibling. It's a pretty good article. And then this is this is a lot. This is a little Easter egg for you guys. The Carville Lab and the lineage here is Carville was a postdoc for uh, Dr. Mefford. Dr. Mefford's an amazing geneticist. She's on our SAB. Gemma Carville's an amazing geneticist. She's got her own lab now. And it, outside of the Carville Lab, there was a um, a postdoc who just danced her thesis, which I know it sounds very weird, but it, it's you kind of can't stop watching this video. And so all these brilliant postdocs somehow found time to do a little dance about neurons and exons and genes and poison exons. And poison exons are cool because that's the technology that Stoke is using. So if you just want like four minutes of no words and, and cool dancing about the therapies that will help our kids, links in the show notes, YouTube, 
about this cool poison Exxon dance. I'm sorry I went over, but it's been a huge day. Sign up for Citizen. Keep our friends at Regal and Praxis and Stoke and Penn and Ben's family and Ben's daughter, Lulu, who has SCXBP1, in your prayers. And go to a fundraiser and be hopeful and be excited. This has been an incredible week for Syngap.